This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Father, we thank you so much for your word, that your word is spirit and life. And God, we receive today as you speak to us, Lord, we receive and we make a decision, Lord, that we're going to put it in place in our life, that we will do what the word tells us tells us to do. We, we choose, Lord, to believe you. We choose to follow you. And God, we thank you today that we have ears to hear and our hearts are open to what you have to say to us. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, we've been in the series called Trusting Father, even when it doesn't seem to make sense. And we've been talking about when you've been disappointed or maybe uh, your prayer wasn't answered the way that you expected it to be answered. Maybe you were disappointed, went through a divorce. Maybe you lost a job. Uh, maybe uh, you lost a loved one that you prayed for and you were believing for uh, their healing. Or maybe they died prematurely. And what do you do with this when it seems like God has let you down? And we know the truth, we know the Word. The Word says He never fails. He is love, and love never fails. He is good. He's always right. He's always good. And what we have to do is learn what the Word says and be able to um, work through these, these challenges at times. Now, you might say, well, I've, my, all my prayers have been answered. Well, just because you've been a Christian for two days, I mean, the truth is we all will have times that things didn't go the way we thought they should. God is not at fault. God is not our problem. God is the answer. He's the one that is for us, not against us. And we have to learn not to blame God. But you also can't get to the place where you're blaming yourself. You have to understand we're learning. We're learning. We're in a, a journey of renewing our minds to what God's Word says. We change our thinking to what the Word of God says. So it's a process that we go to. But we can be hit and you can have doubt and you start questioning things. And we talked about you can even hid or hide your light. Uh, and that light represents your witness. You walk before the Lord. Uh, for example, someone dies that you've been uh, praying for healing. Maybe you don't want to pray for healing anymore for anyone else. You're hiding your light in that area. Or maybe you've been, you were disappointed. You really had your eyes set on this certain thing. It didn't come to pass. And you don't want to pray for people's uh, dreams anymore because you're hiding your light. Because there's actually... You're offended at God in this area, and we have to move past that. And at times we're overwhelmed. There's emotional battles that we have to deal with. Or you can be confused. And it's like, I'm talking about a time where the, your spiritual air was just pulled out from under you. But the good news is we saw that we're promised an answer to these questions. God will answer he will expose those things that are in secret, those things that you ask him about. It's okay to ask him questions. But he chooses the time when he answers you. And he knows when to answer you. He knows what's best 
Father always knows what's best. And he answers us at the right time for us at where we're at. And until then, we trust him and we're patient and we just walk and continue to go on with God. Sometimes the question might be when you get to heaven that you get the answer. I've had things that I've asked years ago that I still haven't heard the answer. Some I have. The Lord just made thinking about it and gave me the answer what had happened. And usually it's a very simple thing. But I believe when we get to heaven, those questions that we have, why did this happen, will be we'll sit down and he's going to say because of this. We're going, oh. But see, it would be an awful thing for people, and many people do, get stuck and never move on for God because they were disappointed. Because things didn't go the way they thought they should. Or it seemed like the promise didn't come to pass. And they get stuck and they never move forward. Some actually leave God. And depart from, from a relationship with Him. And that's, that's the saddest, saddest thing there. So in Psalms 45.12, we've used this as reference verse. Um, this is from the NIV. Your kingdom is everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. So, he's always good. He's always faithful and true to his word. Now, is his will always being done in everyone's life? No, because he gave us a free choice. He gave you a free will choice. You choose him. Is God in control of everything? No. Ultimately, but no, he's not in control in everything that's happening in the earth because he gave authority to us. He gave it to man. And so he is not the one that's um, behind all the evil going on in the earth. He's not in control of that. The enemy is doing that. And he stirs up people to move in that. God's the one encouraging us. God's the one saying, walk in love. Walk in peace. Stand up and represent him well. In Acts chapter 12, I want to look, continue with what we've been talking about. In Acts chapter 12, verse 6, talking about Peter. And Peter is doing the will of God. He's each preaching the gospel and doing what he is called to do. But in verse 6, it says, The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. So here we have Peter doing the will of God. Remember we talked about two times that the enemy or things can come against you when you're doing the will of God and when you're not doing the will of God. That's the only two times, folks, that the enemy will come against you. Well, I want no more pressure, no more challenges, no more troubles, no more pressures at all. We will pray for you to die. Because in this earth, you will have challenges. In this earth, there will be uh, things to stress you. There will be pressures. There will be troubles. There will be persecution. That These things are in the earth. And they're going to be here as long as we're here. So the, the thing to do is learn how to overcome them and to abide in his strength, in his grace. 
So we see here Peter's in jail and he finds himself a heavy chain between these two soldiers and there's two at the, at the prison door. Let me tell you back up a little bit of the history here. When this took place, the apostle James had just been killed. Now how many have heard Peter, James, and John? Y'all heard that? Those three? That was the inner circle for Jesus. And James has just been killed by Herod. And Herod sees how much pleasure and joy this brought to the Jewish leaders. And he goes and he takes Peter. His intent is to do the same thing that he did to James, do to Peter. And he's just going to wipe them out and he's going to have favor, political favor with the Jews. And so here's Peter and he finds himself, he's doing what God's called him to do, but this would be a troubled situation, right? This would be one of those places that pressure is on him and yet we find him it says he's asleep. Asleep? Would you be sleeping? He's thinking, this had to be in his mind, tomorrow I'll be like James and I'm going to die. So Peter is asleep. Now, I, I think I would be up praying all night, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't think I would be asleep. But Peter is asleep. He's at rest about this thing. You're talking about peace being there. You know, what a picture of the rest of God to being in this tough place. Then it says in verse 7, Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter, the angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, Get dressed, put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. I mean, this guy is not just asleep. He's sound asleep. The angel had to come and poke the guy in the side. You know, wake up. Quick, get up. Trying to stir him awake. And... Notice here, I think this is really interesting, the angel told him, you go get dressed, you put your shoes on, get your coat. God will not do what he's given you responsibility to do. He will not do what is your call to do. Peter said there, well, angel, would you get my shoes? Would you dress me and put my shoes on? Would you put my coat on me? No. Go get it. Same with, same with God. Many times we want God to do it all. I can remember getting saved and really getting turned on to the Lord and learning about faith and a group of us were together and we all decided we were going to quit our job. Man, we're going to live by faith. I'll just, I'll just say it. That was stupid. But, I mean, that's just where we were. I mean, just stupidity. <laughs> and we're going to believe God. Now, and let me say this. We did hear a preacher come. He ministered, and the Lord had told him to take a few months off and just spend with him. 
That was a word just to him. <laughs> it wasn't a word to us. And we were all going to quit our job. I, I do thank the Lord in prayer. I felt like the Lord was saying, don't quit. If you like to eat, don't quit. And I thought, well, I am kind of fond of eating. And, <laughs> and some older ones, wiser ones in the Lord told us, don't quit. And uh, we didn't quit our jobs. So glad. That had been the, the craziest thing to do. And then I probably would have got mad at God. Oh, I quit my job in faith. But see, once I read the Word and got to know God, faith works. Faith gets a job. Faith believes the job in. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. You're talking about some people going out and getting a job. Well, we're not going to feed you. <laughs> or move on here. Okay. John chapter 14, verse 1. You remember Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. We're not so, I wouldn't have told you. What is Peter remembering? He's remembering what Jesus said. I believe he remembered being with Jesus, and Jesus said when the pressure's on, remember I talked about last week, if you're in a crisis and a pressure situation, Jesus taught the disciples because they were about to enter the most confused, a place that they could doubt because Jesus was going to be crucified. And Jesus said, remember this, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And remember heaven. Remember where you're going. Heaven's in your future. Sometimes if, if it's your attack is that rough on you and it's that tough, just focus on heaven. I don't care what I'm going through. I've got heaven in, in my future. And that's forever and ever and ever. No matter how bad it gets here, I've got heaven. And heaven's never going to end. And as good as it is here, it pales in comparison to what God has for us in heaven. There's no comparison. Paul said it's far better to be with him, to be there. But, but here's Peter. He remembers what Jesus said, and he chose, I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. He may have went to sleep thinking about heaven. He probably... May have been a little exciting. He goes, man, if, if this thing's all gone tomorrow, I get to see Jesus. I get to be with Jesus. That could be a, And he's, he's asleep, and this angel has to come and just shake him and get him awake. Says, hey, get dressed. We're leaving this place. And say, when I mention that God will do his part, faith believes for the job, but faith has to, is, is worked out of you through action. I had a guy tell me one time, I'm believing by faith for a job. I said, what are you doing? Turn, filling out resumes? He said, no, not doing anything. Believing by faith. I said, are you going anywhere? No. 
are you doing anything? He said, yes. I'm just staying at home working on the house. Well, God expects us to do our part. It says, you don't let yourself be troubled. He's not going to take a troubled heart from you. You do not let your heart be troubled. It says, cast your cares upon the Lord. He's not going to come and take your cares from you. You cast your cares upon the Lord. You take the action that you're responsible for, and He'll do His part. Now, He will give you grace to fulfill the responsibilities that He's given you. You'll not fulfill them in your own strength. You'll do it in the strength of the Lord, but you have to do it yourself. Verse 9, But Peter left the cell, following the angel, but all the time he thought he was, it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and the second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. That's pretty cool. So they passed through and started walking down the street, then an angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses, it's really true. He said, The Lord has sent his angels, save me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. In the meantime, there's a prayer meeting going on in verse 12. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and the servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. This great prayer meeting's going on, and they're amazed that the, the answer to their prayers are so fast. And there's Peter, the answer, knocking at the door. And Rhoda, in her excitement, hears it's Peter and goes and tells everyone, and they tell her she's out of her mind. You're out of your mind, thank God's answer to prayer that quick. <laughs> Bless Rhoda. And she, she goes through this, and they finally said, well, she won't quit, so it must be his angel or something out there. And they go, it's Peter. And they let Peter in, and Peter, <laughs> Peter tells them what happened. You see, God <laughs> answers prayer. Now, I'm sure they prayed for James. Why wasn't James delivered? But here's Peter, and Peter is delivered. It could have been that the church guy got upset. Well, it doesn't mean anything to pray. We pray for James. I'm not going to pray for Peter. Look what happened to James. But see, we don't know why. I'm going to give you a real spiritual answer what happened to James. And you might want to grab hold of yourself for just a moment. This is a very deep spiritual answer to what happened to Apostle James. I don't know. 
And the word doesn't tell us. It could be, I don't know, maybe James wanted to go home. I don't know. Maybe he got a glimpse of heaven and wanted to go. I don't know. And there's many reasons that we don't receive answer. It could be we're not operating in faith. We're operating in fear, actually. It could be doubt, unbelief. It could be a number of different things. Sometimes we're believing for people to be healed, and they're tired, and they say, God, I'm ready. And God will not override their will, and they go home. And sometimes we don't know about it. Sometimes we get the answer later and somebody in the family says, oh, they told me they were ready to go. They were. And so, well, they were telling me they were believing. Well, pastor, they were just telling you to make you feel good. I don't blame anyone for going on. I mean, that's, that's their choice. Amen? But here we have two people that were doing the will of God and two different results. And we have people that are holding grudges against loved ones. Why did you leave me? Didn't you know how tough this was going to be on me? Why did you go? Or a brother or sister. And they're, they're holding a, a grudge against them and they're stuck. And they're wondering why they're not moving. And what they need to do is give their loved one to the Lord and get that off of them and say, Look, I don't know all the answers I'm not as smart as you, God, but I know this, that you're a good God, you're a just God, you're a faithful God, and put my trust in you, and I know that my loved one is in heaven, and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad that they're in my future, and I refuse to let it stop me in my walk with you, Lord. I'm going off my life. That's what we need to do. Refuse to let your heart stay troubled. I'm not saying we don't grieve. We do grieve. But when it stays and becomes a, a bondage, there's something wrong. And we need to release these things to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, it says, For we are not bold to class or compare ourself with some of those who commend themselves. But when they measure themselves by themselves, compare themselves with themselves, they are without understanding. Comparing ourselves with others. And sometimes we can get into that, comparing ourselves with others, but that's being unwise. Never compare yourself with someone else. Never say, why did it happen to them and not me? Or why did it happen to me and not them? <laughs> Now, don't get into a comparison thing because you're responsible for your walk with the Lord between you and God. And the comparison thing will always, it, it says you're without understanding. You're unwise to think that. Well, I'm not going to believe God for healing because this person died. I knew they were a person of faith and they love God and I'm not better. Don't compare yourself. Don't, don't even go there. You're a son or daughter of God if you've given your life to Him. You're of great value to God. In comparisons, what happens, we always wind up on the short end. You notice that? <laughs> you wind up, you, there's always going to be somebody who's done greater, done more, whatever. 
Don't compare yourself. Be the best you that you can be. There's a reason there's only one of you. We could only take, no. <laughs> we could only take one of you. No. You are so special that God said, I'm just going to make one of you. You are that special, that unique, that there's no one like you. No one has your fingerprint. No one. They say they can tell a person by their ears, I was reading the other day, that there's marks, there's, they can tell. They can take a picture of your ear. Everyone's ear is a little different. Now that's staggering to me. Because God made each one of us special and unique. Created us for His purposes. But he wanted us because he loves us. So don't start comparing yourself. That, that gets you um, into trouble when you start doing the comparison thing. And, and, and there's just there's reasons we don't un- know, but trust God anyway. Trust him. Because really, if you don't trust him, you're actually, let's say it like this, if you don't trust him in an area, you don't really know him. Because if you know him, you'll trust him. Knowing him is trusting him. So you need to know him in that area. My, I've never, never shared this, but um, my pastors, his, his mom was dying, and you know we were all praying and everything, and um, he asked me to, to get up and pray at the morning service you know, for his mom. Well, I did not tell him, but I'd been in prayer, and the Lord told me, she's going home. She wants to be with me. And uh, that was the hardest prayer I think I've ever prayed. (laughs) I wanted to act like it was in faith. (laughs) I thought, well, maybe, what did I do? That's the question, what did I do? I prayed for healing. (laughs) Right for healing. I thought, well, maybe I met, but actually, I didn't. Everyone's praying that way, and then you could think, well, maybe I'm. What if I missed it or something? <laughs> you pray that way, but I really believe that she had chosen to go home, and then all you're praying is not going to do any good. Amen. <laughs> But the good news is, if a, a believer, if, uh, even if you're believing for healing, and you don't connect with the grace of God, your faith doesn't connect for some reason, whatever it is, you still win. You still win. You can't lose because you win. You leave here, going to heaven is a win. Amen? <laughs> Okay. Which reminds me, before I read this Acts chapter 7, uh, how many heard the world was supposed to end Saturday? It's all over the news. You know, the world was in. I just want to publicly announce that they missed it. 
because this is Sunday. But we talked about what verse? We talked about the times and seasons, times and dates are in the Father's hands. Not for us. Anytime you hear someone put a date and a time, dismiss it. Because the Bible says that's in God's hands. Even the Son doesn't know. The Scripture says Jesus doesn't know. The Father knows. I'm convinced that some man did figure it out, and there is truth to a lot of things that we can study, Revelation and, and Numbers and stuff. <laughs> I'm convinced that some guy did figure it out or something that God would change it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Okay. It says no man knows. No man knows. <laughs> Acts chapter 7. No. Okay. Go to the bottom of your sheet if you're filling out a thing. I'm just going to give you these real quick, and we'll continue next week. Because uh, Number one, God will not do for you what you are responsible to do. Number two, don't compare yourself to anyone. Number three, choose to keep your confidence in God, which is rewarded. That's the next part I'll talk about next week. But your confidence and your patience in God's some board. Number four, shut down everything and get into God's Word. So you can fill that, and next, next week we'll uh, continue on. Let's bow our heads. We'll give you an opportunity in this morning to make the greatest decision of your life, and that's to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. What's that mean? That Lord actually means He's the boss. He, he's the one that rules over your life. It's the greatest decision that you can make Will you make him the Lord of your life. He went to the cross and died for you. He paid the price for all your sins. He paid the price for your sins past, present, and future. He went to a cross. He died. He became sin. He took your guilt and took your shame. He said, receive him, and you receive his righteousness. You come, become brand new in your heart. Maybe you've prayed this before, but you know you're not walking with God the way you should be. Today you can make that decision to get back, to get back in the right place with Him, to get right with God. Everyone, please bow your heads. Give you an opportunity, if that's you, for either one of these. You're accepting Christ for the first time. Or you have in the past, but your life is off track. And you need to get right with God. I want you to lift your hands. We'll all pray together. I'm not going to embarrass you or tell you to do anything like that. Just lift your hands and say, that's me. And we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this together. Say, dear Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me took my sins took my guilt I believe God you raised him from the dead and now I trust him as my Lord as my Savior I'll live for you Lord I surrender my life to him Jesus is Lord of my life thank you for saving me Lord fill me with your Holy Spirit empower me to live for you 
Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. Down.